We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Knicks all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Salute to Knicks Nation on this Thursday night. We just had a little dress rehearsal, fellas. All right, we just call it a little dress rehearsal. We were talking to ourselves for about a good, <laughs> for a good five minutes. But you know, with technical difficulties, man, I had to do my MacGyver thing and, and you know figure out some some roundabouts to get the stream up and popping. But nevertheless, we are here, man. Another edition of Knicks Fan TV Live presented by Manscaped Season Preview Edition. We're talking about our player predictions and player expectations tonight. It's Derrick Rose, Quentin Grimes, and Mitchell Robinson. Knicks have their final preseason game tomorrow night at home against the Wizards. And then it's go time. Wednesday, October 19th in Memphis in the Grindhouse. So uh, let's get into it, man. So to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. CP, Alex, Jeff Campbell, let's get it going. So to everybody in the chat, once again, all right, let me lower my theme music here. All right, fellas, so you just had a, just had a little dress rehearsal. Hey, man. No <laughs> practice. Happens. Talk to ourselves for a bit, you know, acting like we're live, we're not live. It's all good, man. Yeah. It happens. Look, it, it, it happens, happens, man. It happens. Like I said, you know, we had to little, figure out a little workaround. There was a little, a little issues with, with the streaming software, but... We are here live and direct, man. So, uh, so Al, how you feeling, bro? Feeling good, man. You know, look, I'm re- I'm ready for Nick's season to come around. I heard you and JD last night talk about the game. JD got me rolling with the 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 Lion King reference. Couldn't stop laughing after that. But look, Cam Hive, I, I feel bad for you. Stay strong. 
Stay strong. There's still it's, one more chance, one more preseason yeah, game. Yeah. All right. I hope hopefully he can show something because if it's not this game, once Grimes comes back, it's gonna be rough. But I'm ready, CP. I'm ready for Knicks basketball. I'm ready for 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 the action. Let's go. <laughs> well, let's go, man. Jeff, how about you? How you feeling, man? Doing great, man. I, I agree. Cam Hive is is a little bit on the respirator right now, but you never know. Uh, you never know what happens. You never know who's called. Um, needed to be in action, but overall, three season, three preseason games down, one to go. Hope springs eternal for this Knicks team. I cannot wait for opening night, and uh, I'm just excited to see them back on the court again. Yeah, looking forward to it, man. And one guy who's back with the team after getting the bag this offseason is uh, our guy, the Block Nest Monster, Mitchell Robinson, man. Last year, uh, he put up 8-8, eight and eight, 1.8 blocks per game, 76% from the field. You always know Block Nest Monster can clean it up, but a ghastly 48% from the free throw line, man. So, so Jeff, I'll start with you. What are some of your expectations for Mitchell Robinson this year going into the 2022-23 campaign? Yeah, Mitch, um, after cashing in this summer, I think we should expect um, a lot from him. Maybe not so much offensively, but, you know, Tom Thibodeau wants him to be the anchor of this defense. We know that he trusts him. And um, even though that may not manifest itself with a lot of blocks, we know that Mitch impacts the game in terms of uh, altering the team's ability to drive to the hoop. Um, and, you know, I think the two areas that I want to see him improve, CP, you mentioned already one, uh, free throw shooting. You know, he can't shoot under 50% this season. He just can't. He's got to be shooting somewhere near 65%. And one thing that I know uh, everyone on Nick's Twitter loves to get on Mitch about, and it's a very valid concern, his screens, he's got to hit someone. He's got to touch someone. Um, his With his height and length, if he just sets an appropriate screen, he can open up a lot for our offense. So I expect um, a lot of the same from Mitch, but in terms of his free throw shooting and screen setting, that's got to improve. Yeah, no, no question about it, man. Al, how about you? Look, we already know Mitchell Robinson's strength. Last season... He was third in the NBA when he came to the offensive rebounding. All right, 4.1. Ahead of him was uh, Jalen Horde and Steve, Steven Adams. But we already know Mitch is strong there. Strong presence on defense. We're seeing it this season, this preseason. He's, been, he's in shape. He's not coming off an injury last year. It's not taking him time to get acclimated to NBA game speed. I think he's ready for this season. You know, he's got he's been showing some active hands on defense, being able to, to swat. You know, any shot that's going up in his area. So Mitch is looking good. You know, Jeff ta ta uh, talked about it where it comes to his free throws. He has to be better there because if you get to the stripe, you know, we don't need uh, the, the, the hack a shack type of treatment towards mm -hmm. Mitchell Robinson. Has to be able to knock those down. And I think the thing that everyone's complaining about, we're not complaining about, but everyone wants to see, I think is the better term for it, is offensive game. Like some post moves we saw a little bit this preseason, but as we're seeing it right now, this offense is not really designed for him to get that many touches. You know, he, so I'm not really expecting it uh, unless you, you know, shift, shift players around, you know, but the way that it's constructed right now with Brunson, Randall, RJ, Mitch is just on cleanup duty. You know, whenever he gets that offensive board, just make sure to put it right back up and finish. And we saw that against the Pacers, right? You yeah. saw that before half. He, RJ missed a free throw. Mitch is right there to grab it. Put the shot up before the buzzer hits. 
And that's what Mitch can do. But honestly, I think Mitch is ready for the season. This is probably the most prepared I've seen Mitch throughout his entire career as a New York Nick. I'm looking for him to just be a defensive stalwart, really. Just to be something close to what we had with Tyson Chandler. You know, Tyson Chandler wasn't an offensive juggernaut, just a defensive guru. Be that safety valve. Guys coming down the lane, just be able to alter their shots, force them to get back out to the perimeter. You know, we just need some strong perimeter defense on that end, but that's all I'm looking for, Mitch, man. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, Tyson, he, he wasn't that guy that was going to go out there and create his own. He never was. You know, he was never that guy, but he was very effective in his role. Uh, one thing that we had with Tyson that we just haven't been able to establish with Mitch consistently uh, are the, the Gotham Lobs. But as, as Jeff said, I think Mitch's ability to set more effective screens would help. You know, yes, the spacing is a little bit congested and, 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 you know, they're navigating a lot of traffic there. Guys aren't really respecting RJ and Julius's shot, but Mitch setting better screens would, would certainly help because if you look at uh, some of the competition, if you take a look at some of the competition here, and so to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up on for you boys. Uh, screen assists. Screen assists last year, uh, the Stifle Tower, Rudy Gobert, always ranked at the top of the league in this one, and he set 6.7 screen assists per game, which led to 16.3 screen assist points. He had Yaka Pirtle, 5.9, leading to 13 points. Uh, Sabonis, 5.3 per game, leading to 12, 12 and a half. He had DeAndre Ayton, 5.3, leading to 11.4. Mitch, conversely, last year set two and a half, which led to 5.9 screen assist points. So again, though, you know, those are some areas, that's an area where he, he could really clean it up. You know, some of the guys clean, rounding out this list, you have Steven Adams, Yusuf Nurkic, Clint Capella, Vucevic, Zubac, and Rashawn Holmes. You know, Rashawn Holmes on, on the last of the top 10, 4.3 screen assists per game, leading to 10 screen assist points. So that's certainly an area that that Mitch can clean up on. And Al, as you said, he's coming into camp in a bit better shape, looks to be in the best shape of his career so far. Health is certainly going to be a factor, obviously. But if he can set better screens for himself, you know, that'll help uh, That'll help him and that'll help the team. You know, that, that'll certainly go a long way. And then I thought yesterday was a primary example of, you know, how he impacts the game. Because as you pointed out, to end the half, he gets the offensive rebound over, I think it was Miles Turner on the mm-hmm. RJ free throw, puts it back up. But in the third quarter, he had about, you know, five straight offensive rebounds on, on you know, consecutive possessions. And so second chance points count for something, right? I, I mean, you, you, that that is the goal. If you can't score, getting multiple opportunities to put the ball in the hole is something that you need. And that that's where Mitch's strength lies. You know, in the Tyson Chandler comparison, Tyson would definitely snatch offensive rebounds. I remember he had always had a knack to tap it out. Mm-hmm. And, and and get that get that reset. So I think Mitch kind of fits that mold. Now in the offseason, he did say he was working on his his jumpers and, and his turnaround jump hooks. I think those will be, you know, break glass in case of emergency. Yeah. He, he gets a rebound, okay, put it back up somehow, some way. But I'm I'm not looking for them to to dump it down to him and uh and and get some points that way. To me, that that's not gonna be the primary emphasis of his game. Yeah, uh, 
it's not because we haven't seen it. <laughs> and I don't think, I don't think even a tip in t- this offense, it calls for that. You know, he's not, he's not Joel Embiid. He's not Nikola Jokic. He, you know, that, I don't think that's really his game. Maybe he can develop that at some point, but for what Tom Thibodeau needs right now and what Tom preaches is defense, rim protection. That's all he needs to do. Although I will say this, and we didn't really touch on it. Mitch has gotten better at boxing out. You know, he's not getting bullied because last night, Turner was wasn't having his way mm-hmm. uh, to grab all the rebounds. Mitch yeah. was doing a solid job. I think he's I think he's improving on that area as well. Mitch is still a, a work in progress. You have to keep in mind. Didn't go to college, right? You came essentially. He came straight from high school, and so he's still learning on the go. I'm impressed what Mitch has done so far without having that college background. And I still think there's more. There's obviously more for him to improve on. But as of right now, if he if he can just continue to what he's shown this preseason, I think the Knicks' defense is, is going to be back up top again. I think also Jalen Brunson, when we were talking about the offensive rebounding, plays a part in this as well because if you think about last season, okay, Mitch gets an offensive rebound, but did we always have guys that were going to make the right decision if, if Mitch kicked it out to them? If it's an open shot, it's a no-brainer. You put mm-hmm. it up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, did we always have a guy that now got the offensive rebound and could maybe break down the defense or if the defense was already a little fragmented, get into the paint and spray it out or create a play for yourself? Brunson has already proven that he doesn't speed up for anyone and he doesn't get rushed by yeah. anyone. So if he's going to get the ball off, him, off a Mitch offensive rebound, I have a lot of faith that we're going to get a good shot coming Convert. out of it. Yeah, big time. Uh, I could definitely agree with that. And with Mitch, Give credit to him, you know, since he's been here as a rookie, he's been at the tops of his position in block percentage, steal percentage, and offensive rebound percentage. So I expect those numbers to to be roughly the same. And even on the defensive end, you know, just in the preseason, he seems to be just imposing his will a little bit more. And I think that comes with being a veteran. That comes with having a little bit more discipline when it comes to knowing how to defend and and how not to uh, be baited in, into drawing contact or having, you know, the, the offensive player draw contact. So I think he's becoming a little bit more efficient there. The the free throw percentage, as you said, Jeff, definitely has to clean up. 48% from the stripe is not going to get it done. That's going to cause him to be subbed out late in games. <laughs> so so you don't have a hack a bitch or hack a shack situation. And then maybe you have to bring in a Hartenstein or bring in a Sims. But nevertheless, I, I like where Mitch is at. And again, we'll we'll see how things are impacted offensively. I think Hartenstein being there, I think that can add a little bit, uh, open things up a little bit for for RJ and Julius. Maybe in crunch time, or maybe early in the fourth quarter when those guys come back in. Maybe you keep a Hartenstein in there to open the floor up a little bit, where you don't have to, where you're not really, you know, forced to have Mitch out there and, and clog the lane up. So. I think we'll get a bit more flexibility offensively with Hartenstein being there. But nevertheless, I, I think Mitch should be able to maintain his numbers. Maybe he gets up to, you know, 10 and 9 around that. But I, I don't expect any anything more than that from Mitch. But other than that, I, I think he'll be solid. Definitely think he'll be solid. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. CP, Alex, and Jeff in the building, man. Let's get those likes up. Somebody's saying... uh. RIP Cartoon Network in the chat now. So <laughs> I got supporters, man. Yeah, they so Soldier Slim has filled the Cartoon Network sweater, man. So uh so yeah, big big news on that front. 
Salute to Tariq in the chat. If you guys are new in the chat, man, leave us a hashtag. New will shout you guys out. If you guys want to call us up on tonight's topic, hit us up 657-383-1509 or hit us up on the Knicks Fan TV Discord. I see Ari in the building. Shout out to Ari. Okay, so that was Mitch. Let's talk about Derek Rose. Rose didn't play last night. And Tibbs is... Uh, Explanation for that was something that you know we could all. I think I I could certainly agree with, and, and that you kind of know where Rose is at at this stage of the game, right? He doesn't really need preseason minutes, doesn't need to to log extra mileage in 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 useless games. It's D Rose, right? You know you know what to expect from him. He's coming into camp healthy, and you want to keep him that way because that's been his biggest Achilles heel, no pun intended, has been the health. And so for D. Rose coming off the bench, Jeff, 12 points, four dimes last season, 40% from three in 26 games. What are you expecting from D. Rose uh, coming off the bench this season? I would say, um, you know, the biggest thing you touched on, it's all about health. I was just looking through some of the games that he's played over the last couple of years. Man, if we can get... 50 games, 45 games out of D Rose for this season. Uh, I would be very pleased. I think um, I'm never going to worry about what D Rose can do on a court from the standpoint of uh, breaking down his defender, getting into the paint, making good decisions and finishing at the rim. I think until he decides to retire, Derek Rose will be able to do that on a basketball court and very few people will be able to stop him. I don't think he'll be able to shoot 40% from three like he did last year, given, you know, that's not the sample size is a great two. We know he got injured. Um, he should be able to shoot. Okay. But the biggest thing I want to see from him is health stabilizing the second unit, but really, um, you know, being a mentor to the young guys, a lot of young guys have talked about it. Obi, we just heard the other day, Derek is a great guy. He's always in our year. I want Derek to be more vocal. He said he wants to be more vocal. Yeah. And I think, Derek Rose's name still carries a lot of weight in any NBA locker room across the association. So I think whatever wisdom he can impart on Emmanuel quickly, specifically Jalen Brunson, even though Jalen Brunson is clearly going to be a leader on this team. I, I, I want Rose to be that guy. I want him to calm guys down. If they're getting too sped up, I want him to maybe get into them a little bit. If maybe they're not doing what they're supposed to do. I think that's where Rose can really have some of his big biggest value for this version of the Knicks, in addition to being that scorer in the second unit. No question, Al. How about you, man? Just be Derrick Rose. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. there's nothing else to say for, for what Derrick – like Jeff said it so well, as long as Derrick Rose can still be a productive basketball player, which he's coming to health at the lowest he's been since his rookie season – you know, what was it? I think it was against the first the first matchup against the Pacers. He's like, he was just talking to the young guys, just telling them like, "What's uh, I, I'm not I don't remember what he said, but it's like essentially, let's go, let's let's get let's get activated, let's get let's get our heads into this, let's attack." That's the Derrick Rose that we need for this second unit because you saw as soon as he went down, everything fell apart last season. Quickly wasn't necessarily ready to take over the reins as being the lead point guard for the second unit. Of course, there was a lot of other changes too. You had Alec Burks hop into the starting rotation because Kemba Walker was just, didn't work out. Didn't work out with Kemba. So everything changed for that second unit. It, there wasn't a lot of continuity. You didn't have that. You only had Taj Gibson, but 
Point guard, man. We talk about point guard all the time. We didn't have a point guard at all once Derrick Rose went down last season to really lead the troops, you know? He was so big as soon as he came here that first season when we made the fourth seed, right? You're talking about a guy who played 35 games, but when he came over, he was averaging close to 27 minutes, 15 points, averaging 49% from the field, 41% from three, you know, getting you four, four assists and three rebounds per game was a plus 5.8 while I was on the court. Just so instrumental. I mean, we can't forget what he did uh, in game two against the Atlanta Hawks and essentially just kept us afloat throughout the entire playoffs. We know what Derrick Rose can offer this team. So as long as he stays healthy, as long Tibbs adjusts his strategy to keep Derrick Rose healthy for games that matter, right? Games that you can kind of feel like, depending on the depending on where the Knicks are situated throughout the season, say the Knicks have a solid win record. You're playing the Orlando Magic. Do you really need Derrick Rose tonight to go against the Orlando Magic? Right. Give him a day of rest, you know? When you're playing against the Milwaukee Bucks, the 76ers, all those teams, and you really are, are trying to fight to, to, to gain ground so that way you don't have to be in a plan, I understand that you got to. I understand that me- mentality. But I think it's just making sure that you keep Derrick Rose healthy towards the end of the season because they're looking for a plan. Obviously, playoffs, if they don't have to go through the plan, so I think Derrick Rose is going to be fine for this season. It's just managing his workload, and that's a Tom Thibodeau question. Yeah, I agree. And and you you both hit it on the head. I think the goal should be to get him to the end of the season and ultimately into that play-in, playoff push, whatever the case may be, because there's no question you could argue, yes, they left a couple games out there. Yes, there was questionable coaching and all that, but – I'm still of of the mindset that that players play and it's a talent that's going to take you as far as you can go. And there's no doubt that Derrick Rose is a top three, top four, top five talent on this team that they desperately need. And him only playing the 26 games last year, to me, is part of the reason why they fell off because he was that stabilizing force for that second unit. Even look at last night. Yes, it was a preseason game, but you saw it in a helter-skelter backup unit that they didn't have that that anchor, that foundation that says, okay, when the, this game is breaking down, let me get it to a Rose who can get me a bucket, who can stop and pop, who can get me in the, in the mid-range, attack the paint, maybe draw some contact, or just be a veteran out there to really you know, rally the, tre- rally the troops. And so I think that's why Derrick Rose is so vital to this second unit is because it allows quickly to kind of be quickly, play within his game. You get the connection with Obi. Obviously, Hartenstein will benefit from it. And playmaking, shot creation, playmaking, shot creation. Can't have enough of it in this league. And for me, he's so efficient at that, especially at this age. It's going gonna, it's gonna to raise the overall efficiency and the effectiveness of that second unit. So to me, he's once again going to be an important piece for this team. Turning 34, it's always going to be about health. But to me, D. Rose is going to be one of the keys if this team is going to make the playoffs of the playing, it's it's going to be with D. Rose leading that second unit. For sure. And, and CP, Jeff, looking back for last season, right before Derrick Rose went down with that injury, go according to Queen of Glass with a min- minimum of 100 possessions. When Derrick Rose was healthy, there was 173 possessions. They were in the 98th percentile when it came to a, a plus differential. They were the was it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven? They were the eighth best lineup with Derrick Rose, Emmanuel Quickly, Alec Burks, Obi Top, and Taj Gibson. The eighth best lineup. 
That's how dominant that second unit was. Yep. So to have Derrick Rose back is so instrumental for this team. That's just that's just an idea of like what went wrong last season. Everything that could go wrong last season went wrong last season. I remember tweeting it that night when I found out I, I was driving back. I think I was on the Deegan come back to Queens and I get the notification D Rose out. And I don't know if it was out for the season as of yet, or I forget how early it was in, in his diagnosis process. But I remember like, Oh, that's the season, you know, like that's how important he was. And I know people were like, Oh, it's very premature or whatever, but you know, you, you know it when you see the team and you saw how much the starters specifically struggled to manufacture offense. Um, there was chemistry issues there all year. But when Derrick Rose was on the floor, regardless of who was around him, he was able to make something happen. And people fed off him too, you know. So he was one of those plus guys that once he went down, we didn't have the other pieces that were able to pick up the slack. Yeah. No question. Like I said, you, you see you see a little bit of that last night, even though it was just a preseason game. But on the topic of him being a more vocal leader, this is what Rose had said on that. This was about uh, two weeks, 10 days ago in his uh, in his press conference. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Knicks TV, Knicks Fan TV Live presented by Manscaped. Here's D Rose. You feel a little like the guy used to be? Yeah. Uh, Kind of, but at the same time, like, the reality is I'm 33, turning 34 tomorrow. And um, that guy that I used to be, um, even though I didn't show it, like, had an ego. And um, I've been killed that ego a long time ago. So, um, yeah, I'm a totally different person, in which I should be. I'm way more mature and still trying to challenge myself, like I said, to be vocal. And um, I think it's rubbing off on the, the young guys. Yeah, I thought that was interesting in, 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 uh, perspective from Rose and, and good self-awareness. You know, he talked about the fact that, I think the question was, you know, do you still feel like that guy who he used to be? And he, and he said, well... The old guy had an ego, and you got to think all these all these guys. When 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 you you're treated like a rock star from um, what's the school he went to in high school? Simeon Blue and Yellow. Yeah, when he went to sit from Simeon down to 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 Memphis to to now, I mean he's, he's a rock star. You know the world is his oyster. He's the youngest MVP of the league. I mean he, he's you know leading those Chicago Bulls team to several wins on the Tibbs, and so. You know, for him to kind of have that perspective, say, you know, uh, I'm not really that guy, and to be more vocal, I think that that's going to benefit this team. Uh, I think Tommy Beer was on this show, and some caller was asking who was going to be the locker room leader, and I said it, it has to come down to to Rose as the vet, but RJ as kind of like the heir apparent, you know, rising a rising leader in that locker room, because it doesn't seem like Julius really has it like that. Brunson seems more of the I'm going to show it on the court type of guy. I'm going to mm-hmm. show it on the practice and show it on the court and the work ethic. But I think the vocal leader has to is, is going to be between Rose. I think it's going to be RJ as well. And that was surely missed when Reggie Bullock left. We, we heard the reports about that too, where Reggie Bullock was that vocal leader who brought everybody together. Um, and you saw it that season. And what was it? I think Tommy Bear also noted that Derrick Rose felt that he couldn't be that vocal leader because he wasn't playing. You know, he was injured. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to impose on what the team was going through because he wasn't involved with it to a certain degree. He was more rehabbing, 
trying to get himself right for the following season. So hearing his perspective now, I, I'm, you know, it, it's it's just good to hear that. It's good that he's going to take that leadership role. We don't have Taj Gibson, another guy who was, you know, in the young guys here saying, this is how you play basketball the right way, right? Quote unquote, the right way, whatever, the, however you want to define it. But now that Ro- now that Rose is Tibbs's sole vet from years ago, he's got to be that guy now. Yeah, he talked. I remember he talked a lot about regret after his first stint in New York. Yeah, and I think he had a lengthy Instagram post. I forget how many years ago it was. It might have been before he got traded back to us that he said that if I ever got a chance in New York again, I wouldn't mess it up. So you can see that there's he's he's coming towards the end of his career and there's this introspection coming from him now, uh, maturity, all of it combined to the point where he's like, this is this is it for me. I you know, I don't want to mess this up. But he also understands that the the sum of the um parts is is greater than the whole. So he knows that he's got to subjugate his ego. He knows he's a different type of player with a different type of skill set now. Um, and he's growing into that. So, you know, I, I think we can expect to see as long as health is not an issue, a really good year for him. Yeah, I, I agree with that, man. What do you guys think about Derrick Rose and your expectations for Rose, man? Throw some comments in the chat. Is Rose Hive still alive in this chat, man? I, I don't know. I feel like the, uh, the, the Cam Hive and the Obi Hive kind of you know, overtook the Rose Hive. The, the, when the Rose Hive, when Rose first got here, man, the Rose Hive was active. Come out and watch RJ take on John Morant and the Grizzlies, man. It's going to be a great night. We'll be streaming the show live, pregame, halftime, and postgame. We'll be giving away special prizes. We have special guests coming through. Going to be a blockbuster night, man. So definitely make sure you guys are going out there and RSVP. It's free to get in with the RSVP. Just go to betkftv.com because we will be co-hosting this with our guys at BetMGM. So make sure you guys are going there, betkftv.com. Make sure you guys come through. Got to be 21 and up. Just remember that. A couple things. Got to be 21 and up. And this is for the 19th, not the home opener on the 21st. This is for the first game of the regular season on the 19th. So make sure you guys uh, make sure you guys come out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Vacation starts with VA. Whether you're feeling beachy, mountainy, or every E in between, you'll find all that you love all in one trip to Virginia. 
Start yours at Virginia.org. Okay, I, I think we are up and running. So once again, October 19th, 4040 Club in New York City, man, West 25th Street. Make sure you guys come out. RSVP at betkftv.com. Make sure you're 21 and up. Do not bring the family. 21 and up. Uh, it's going to be a great time, man. So hope to see you guys there. So back to the player expectations, man. Let's talk about Quentin Grimes. Has not played in the preseason yet. Had a pretty good summer league. Should have probably been the summer league MVP, but it is what it is. Um, six points, two rebounds, 38% from downtown. Uh, Jeff, I'll start with you, man. What, what were your, I guess, impressions of Grimes coming out of uh, University of Houston? And what are you thinking about Grimes in year two? I liked Grimes coming out of Houston. I don't think I saw the leap that he made in his his rookie season. But, um, you know, the front office has shown, and I know some people clown them for it, but they've shown a propensity to like guys who do well in workouts or or one-on-one, one-on-one workouts, or they like guys who do well during, um, you know, some of the pre-draft stuff that happens in, Grimes was a guy um, that we saw impress a lot in five-on-fives. Scott Perry, I think, specifically attended one of those games and was really high on him. But um, loved his rookie season. And I I would say the biggest thing in terms of expectations for his second season, um, some of it is going to depend on his role. I know people want him to start. I, I would love him to start over Evan Fournier, but I also understand why Evan would start as well. Um, I think what I want Quentin Grimes to do is how does, how does he adjust? Because he shot 38% with eight attempts a game. I don't know if he's going to get eight attempts from three a game, Mm -hmm. especially with Jalen Brunson on this team. Uh, We've added some talent. So now can he be efficient if he gets five, you know, three point attempts a game or six, what is he? What else is he going to do to move the offense? Is he going to put the ball on the floor? Does he have a floater in his bag? Is he going to be able to finish at the rim? That's kind of what I want to see from Quentin Grimes in year two. He's already impressive. I think he's a very hard worker. I love his energy on the court. I think he defends well. But now if he doesn't have the same role or if he's not getting the same amount of shots that he did last year, what can he do to impact the game? So I'm still very high on Quentin Grimes, but I do want to see how he adjusts to Brunson being on the team and maybe um, not having as much shots from three as he did last year. That's a good point. Al, what do you think? Look, I think the the first thing I want to see from Quentin Grimes is his ability to get to the free throw line because as a rookie, he only averaged .4 attempts last season. You know, summer league, we saw it during summer league. He really put in the work to be able to draw contact and get to the free throw line. He was averaging seven free throw attempts uh, per game in summer league. I get it. That's only summer league, but that's encouraging enough to see that he was able to attack the rim, draw the contact. And then, you know, the next step for him is to actually knock his free throws down because he shot 68% from, from the line during summer league. And he shot about 68% during last season when he got to the line. So he's got to improve his free throws. One, being able to draw contact, get to the line, and knocking them down. We already know he's a good shooter. We already know about that. We know he's a solid rebounder as well. You know, he, he flashed some playmaking, was averaging four assists during summer league too. I'd like to see a little bit of that as well if he's going to be part, especially if he enters the starting rotation, just a little bit of that. But, you know, he's predominantly going to be a 3 and D guy if he's in there. 
If you got Jalen Brunson, RJ Barrett, and Julius Randle, who are going to be dominating the rock for the most of the game for most of the game. But three and D guy, improve your free throw shooting. We already know he's a solid defender. Can he like Jeff said, does he have a floater? Does he have a mid-range game? Those are things that we need to see from him as well. I'm high on Quentin Grimes just from a, a baseline perspective of 3 and D. I think he makes a lot of sense in the starting rotation. Um, I mean, we just saw Evan Fournier last game, and we understand defensively why it makes sense. During, I, I get it. It's a preseason game again. But still, I, for Tibbs, I think he should just go with what makes sense. And since he's a coach about defense, you should insert Quentin Grimes. I also understand he hasn't practiced. So you probably want to give him some more time to get back, get healthy. And then at some point there needs to be that switch. But for Quentin Grimes, really it's drawing the contact, knocking down your free throws. Do you have an in-between game? That's the stuff that will make him successful in this league. So I th- I'm still high on Quentin Grimes. Though. Still pretty high on Quentin Grimes. Yeah, as am I. And speaking of Grimes, this is what um, Tibbs had to say about Grimes. Um, just a couple of days ago. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Nick's Weekly presented by Manscaped. Here's, here's Tibbs on Grimes. Well, I think like what you're seeing is like just the way the league is now. There's versatility. There's, you know, everyone has a, a point guard and three wings and a, and a big. And in a lot of cases, you know, the your wings are, are handling the point. So it's all really positionless basketball so it's get the ball up fast create movement and then make the right reads and so I think he's benefited from having played the point in high school uh, you know he's been a, a primary scorer I think the thing that's probably stood out more than anything else he has a great understanding of what value shots are his shot profile is off the charts all right, that was Tibbs on Grimes. And, and Jeff, I, I thought you had a great point in, in terms of Grimes, right, with, with Brunson having the ball and having another high-usage guy, an efficient guy in the lineup. How does that impact Grimes' look, his touches, and how does he adjust to that? But I think, I think the way he does that is, is, number one, on the defensive end, right, because I, I think that's where we're going to need him the most. And as Tibbs said, he's a guy who he he'll yes he'll guard some twos, he'll guard some threes, even though he's he's six four, he can guard some ones. I think the he I don't think we necessarily have a ton of defensive versatility or positional versatility at the wing. I still think Grimes has some strength strengths in that area. His defensive awareness, his acumen, his ability to create turnovers, to force turnovers, something that we really don't have across this roster. I think that's where Grimes' strengths are going to lie. And then, you know, hopefully he's rewarded with that on the other end. But I still think he can find some efficiency with his shot, uh, just as Tibbs said, because of, you know, his shot profile and the way he's able to find those shots. I think he'll, he'll do a good job there. And then offensively, what we've seen in the summer league is, as Alex was saying, you know, he, he, he didn't really attack the basket that much last year. And that wasn't really his thing coming out of U of H either. He really didn't mm-hmm. get to the free throw line that much in, in Houston either. But you saw that in the summer league, especially, he was operating more so out of the pick and roll. He was playing a lot more below the arc and trying to create offense there, driving to the lane, you know, passing out of that playmaking from there. So I think Grimes is really trying to work on that, not just trying to be, 
you know, known to be a three-point shooter, but really trying to expand his game a little bit. And I think if he can do that, he can certainly help this offense just find some more efficiency, be a bit more creative, and and flow a lot better, especially if Grimes will find a little bit more playmaking in his bag, for sure. Now, CP, I was looking at Queen the Glass again. Grimes went attacking the rim. Very low volume. He only had 22 attempts, finished 14, so that's 64%. He's, he's in the middle. He's in the yeah. middle. He's 51st percentile when it comes to finishing around the rim. Looking at Summer League and seeing his ability to attack, and we saw it behind the back. He, he's His dribble has is, is improved from, from last season. Even when he played against the Bucks, you saw that he, he's willing. He's willing to do it. He's not afraid to do it, but just getting more comfortable with it. And it seemed like he got more comfortable this offseason. Once again, I get that it's Summer League, but to see that he's working on it. Yeah. Those are things that, you know, J.D. touched on it last night. It's like when you look at preseason, what have people been working on that you want to, like, highlight and see what may translate into this upcoming season? Seeing that he was attacking in Summer League, I'm encouraged that he'll use that. He'll add that to his arsenal this season. And what's interesting is that I think he'll be ready. I think he's ready to go. He's such a hard worker, and I know you didn't play the clip, but in that same presser with Tom Thibodeau, mm-hmm. they asked him, are you worried about Quentin Grimes conditioning? And he's like, no, no one is close to putting the amount of work he puts in, which I find to be amazing. Like that's just, yeah, you know, Tibbs loves, loves him, but that's just glowing. Yeah. The yeah. fact that you even see Julius Randall in great shape that he is in, right. Coming into this year, losing weight, everybody. Right. And you can talk about it. The fact that he pointed out Quentin said, no one's up there with Quentin Grimes. He's high on Grimes, man. Amen. He's, he's big on Grimes. I'm looking forward to see what Quentin Grimes can do this season. <laughs> I was just going to bring that up. I mean, that's wild to me because even though I, I know Knicks fans are not always high on Julius Randle, but no one has ever been able to question his work ethic. And, right. I, and I've heard that there's NBA players or people when they step in the gym with Julius that don't want any parts of how hard he works. So if Tibbs is saying that Quentin Grimes is head and shoulders above everyone else, I mean – that's wild. I, I think it could be a really um, interesting second season for him, for sure. Yeah, I'm saying a lot. But let's hope he can get on the court, man, because, you know, the knee injury last year and now the foot here. You know, I know I don't want to put that injury-prone tag out there that some fans are saying. It's too this soon, man. Way it's too, too soon. soon. Way too soon. Way too, <laughs> too soon. <laughs> but I, I hope he can ultimately get on the court because, as I said, I think – uh, Fournier right now is just kind of keeping that spot warm. I think Grimes, when he does come back, I don't think he'll be a starter right away, but he'll certainly close. At least I believe he'll close when it when when the situation calls for it. Maybe it's situational, right? Maybe you need, is there a point where you need more shot creation and playmaking, and does that lend you to lean on quickly a rose? Or is it a point where you're playing a Cleveland and you got Garland and Mitchell cooking out there? You definitely need Grimes out there in crutch time to help cover up for Brunson. So I, it could be situational, but I definitely see crimes closing in, in a lot more situations than uh, in, in a lot more scenarios than, than Fournier for sure. So let's see what be, happens. That'll be so interesting to see wh- how Grimes will be utilized because last season, Emmanuel quickly led uh, the yeah. team in fourth quarter when yeah. it came to points, 4.9. And you know, quickly is another Tibbs guy. I mean, mm-hmm. he entered as a rookie, just like Quentin Grimes. I'll be fascinated to see how this is. So it's not far-fetched. We've seen Evan Fortier not close games, and understandably so. could be a turnstile on defense. I'm just wondering where it becomes down to Grimes and quickly, you know? Because yeah. you're going to have RJ out there, Julius, 
Mitch, whatever center, and Brunson. Is it? I I guess you have to go with who's hot that night. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be another situation for Tibbs, man. It's going to be another situation for Tibbs. Hey, Jeff, what, what's your ideal closing lineup? We we did the lineups a couple weeks ago, man. What, what would be your ideal closing lineup? That's a great question. Okay, so um, we have to start off with um, Jalen Brunson and RJ for sure. Um, man, you have to have Randall in there. I mean, there's no way he's going to be on the bench at, at the end of the fourth quarter. I, I would doubt it. Um, honestly, it's it's probably that. It's probably Brunson, RJ, Grimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I go with Randall and Mitch. And if you get really worried about Mitch with the foul shooting, of course, you can put Hartenstein in there. I haven't looked at his free throw shooting. It's 69. Oh. Okay, so, you know, I mean, it's definitely a, a difference as of now for sure. So, you know, if you're really worried about that, you can certainly choose to sub him in there. And if you want to go offense, defense here a little bit. But, um, yeah, I would go Brunson, RJ Grimes, Randall, Mitch. Nice. And, Al, who, what was your closing lineup again? I think my closing lineup was – I know Brunson – yeah, just I, yeah. It's actually that lineup. It's Brunson, Grimes, uh, RJ, Randall, Mitch. Pretty sure that's my closing lineup. Yeah, I think I had the same, or I had uh, I had Ob in for for Mitch, which is never gonna happen. But hey, we <laughs> we we can always dream. We'll see what happens uh, when when next week comes around, man. We'll we'll definitely see what happens, but. Uh, nevertheless, man, we are just a couple days away from the regular season and one more one more preseason game to go at the Garden Knicks taking on the Wizards, man. So great show, fellas. We'll keep this one short as we got another one tomorrow with Knicks postgame live presented by Manscaped. Shout out to Mama New Diallo in the chat, man. Team hashtag new. Shout out to everybody tuning in. All the mods, Junior Caroma, Giants fan in the building. Giants taking on the Ravens this Sunday. I'll be in the building, man. So shout out to Junior. Shout out to Abdul from San Diego. JJ, TM, appreciate it. We got Omar Mokhtar in the chat, man. John Talento above the rim. All the mods in here, man. So great stuff as usual. And uh, remember, as we said, people, October 19th, Knicks taking on the Memphis Grizzlies. If you are in the New York City area, I'm hoping to see you there, man. Knicks Fan TV live from the 4040 Club, powered by BetMGM. Go to BetKFTV.com for your free entry RSVP. Free entry with RSVP. Must be 21 and up. And uh, no dress code, man. You just come in the Knicks gear, come in the Knicks Fan TV gear, and come to have a good time. It's going to be a great night. We'll be streaming pregame, halftime, postgame from the venue so make sure you come through already speaking to some special guests to come through and make some appearances so i'm excited about that you know the planning is going on behind the scenes and we're looking forward to a good one man so alex and jeff good show as usual 
Remember, ladies and gentlemen, to uh, go to manscaped.com and a promo code KFTV for 20% off plus free shipping. Shout out to guys at Manscaped. And also, remember that these shows are available in audio podcast format. So if you miss it on video, no reason to miss it. You catch it on all podcast formats, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. We are there. Knicks Fan TV, number one show for the fans, by the fans. All right, man. A couple more days left, and we are back at it. See you guys tomorrow night. Knicks versus Wizards, post-game live. Peace. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com